Perfect, Tawana, thank you. So a Baptist pastor was doing a revival in a Baptist church. And he was way more proud of being a Baptist than he was of being a Christian. He didn't want you at the end of the service to become a Christian. He wanted you to become a Baptist. And at the end of this particular service, he says, everybody in here who's Baptist, raise your hand. And everyone raise their hand, whether they were or not. Because, except a little guy on the front row. And so the preacher sees the guy on the front row not raise his hand that he was a Baptist, and he was very concerned. He said, well, sir, what are you? And he says, well, I'm Presbyterian. He said, well, why are you Presbyterian? He said, well, my, my mother and their, my father, they were Presbyterian, and I was raised Presbyterian. I'm Presbyterian. That wasn't good enough answer for this pastor. He said, well, what if your mother and father were idiots? What would you be then? He said, I guess I'd be a Baptist pastor. <laughs> so, sorry. I'm going to tell you something about Baptists today. The only creed that Baptists have is that we won't have a creed. Does that make sense? We believe in something called the priesthood of the believer. That's a fancy way to say that I do not tell you what to believe. That's between you and God, between you and the Holy Spirit. And so today, as we look at our study, there are going to be two sides to this study. Baptists believe one way and Baptists believe the other way where we're going today. I have friends who believe like me and I have friends who believe opposite of me. What is our topic? 
Can you lose your salvation? Other ways to put it, can you fall from grace? Is it true? Once saved, always saved. Theological word is apostasy. People talk about eternal security. Some people believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. You're eternally secure. And others believe that you can turn away, that you can lose your salvation. When I was a student at Southern Seminary in Louisville, there was a professor there named Dale Moody, and he was a big proponent that you could lose your salvation. And he came to Jeannie's home church in Starkville, Mississippi, to do a revival. And I thought that was a strange choice to do a revival. What do you do at the invitation? Call people to be saved, maybe? It was an odd choice, I thought. But as it turned out, it was a really good series of meetings because when it was over, I'd never seen this happen before. People stayed in their church with their Bibles open talking about what they had heard. So he got people thinking and he got people reading. I have a friend in Mississippi that told me about his cousin. Every summer, some kids would go on vacation. Others would play ball. Others would go to summer school. My friend's cousin would get baptized every summer. Every summer. She'd live a pretty good life in July and August, but fall and winter would come and watch out. They called it summer salvation. Is that possible? Can you do that? We're going to look at a lot of scripture today. And if you want a copy, there it is, of the scripture we're going to use. They're on the table out front, left and right, if you want to read for yourself. We begin with, no, you can't use your salvation, that, that it is eternal, that you're secure. And these are the scriptures that proponents will use for that idea. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I'm convinced that neither death or life or angels or rulers or things present or things to come or powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 5, 24 says this. Very truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come under judgment but has passed from death to life. John 10, 27, 29. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. John chapter 6, we find these words. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my father that all who see the son and believe in him may have eternal life and I'll raise them up on the last day. Philippians 1.6 says this. I'm confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? And I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Not I used to know you. That means that not at any time in the Greek language. Never knew you. Go away from me, evildoers. And then 1 John chapter 2. Children, it's the last hour. As you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. For this we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But by going out, they made it plain that none of them belongs to us. So all of those scriptures point to the idea that you're secure. You can't lose it. It can't be taken away from you. So are there scriptures that indicate that you can? Why, yes, some people think there are. Galatians 5.4 is one that is used. You who want to be justified by the law have cut yourself off from Christ. You've fallen away from grace. Hebrews 6. For it is impossible to restore again to repentance those who have once been enlightened, have tasted the heavenly gift, have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away since on their own they are crucifying again the Son of God and holding him up to contempt. Matthew 24. Then they will hand you over to be tortured. You'll be put to death. You'll be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away and they'll betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will renounce the faith by paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Galatians 1.6 I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Luke 8 a parable that you know well. When a crowd gathered and people from town after town came to see him, he said a parable. A sower went out to sow his seeds and he sowed some, fell on the path, was trampled on, the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on the rock and as it grew up, it withered for lack of moisture. Some fell among thorns and the thorns grew with it and choked it. Some fell into good soil and when it grew, it produced a hundredfold As he said this, he called out, let anyone with ears listen. So his disciples then asked him what the parable meant. And he said, to you it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But to others I speak in parables so that looking they may not perceive and listening they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones on the path are those who have heard it. And then the devil comes and takes it away, away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. The ones on the rock are those who, when they heard the word, received it with joy, but they have no root. They believe only for a while and in time of testing fall away. As for what fell among thorns, these are the ones who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Their fruit does not mature. But as for that in the good soil, these are the ones who, when they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patient endurance. Confused yet? 
Do you want to know how I believe? I'm going to tell you whether you want to know or not. And I want you to know it's okay if you disagree. You'll be wrong, but I'll still love you. (laughs) I had several conversations with Dr. Moody about apostasy, falling away. And he was the one that said you could lose it. And I disagreed. I believe that once you're saved, you're always saved, period. And one of the reasons I'm that way is because I need something certain. I need something I can hang my hat on. I need something that does not ever change. I don't want to be worried that in my last day, I do something that disqualifies me from a life dedicated to God. We talked about this last week. I have a very strict definition of being saved. We looked at this verse earlier in Matthew 7, 21 to 23. At judgment, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name, do many deeds of power in your name? Then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you means just that. It's not I used to know you. I once knew you. It's I never knew you. I believe that teacher scriptures, that, it, that if you are, that scripture teaches, that if you are saved, you're radically changed. Radically changed. Remember we talked about Zacchaeus last week and how radically changed he was? 1 John 2, 3 through 6 puts it this way. Now by this we may be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Whoever says, I've come to know him but does not obey his commandments is a liar. And such a person, the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word truly, in this person the love of God has reached perfection. By this we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. That is the protection against apostasy. Living the Christian life. Growing, loving, serving. Let me give you a few more scriptures to make you think. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says this. So we can all be careful. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. 1 Corinthians 9, beginning at verse 24. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Do your best. Galatians 6 says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you'll be reap, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time 
if we do not give up. Finally, I want to tell you that I can never imagine walking away from God. I cannot imagine that. When I was ordained into the ministry in Aberdeen, Mississippi in 1983, I remember the ordination council. And one of the men asked me the question, if you ever decide not to be a preacher anymore, will you come back and give us back your ordination certificate? And I scratched my head for a second and I thought, how do I answer this question? And I said, I'm not doing this for fun. This is not some fad I'm going through. This is what God is calling me to do. And I'm going to do this the rest of my life. Christianity is not a fad we go through. It is not something we put on for a little while and then we stop. My argument is if we stop, we never knew God in the first place. Because you cannot walk away from the God that we serve. It does care uh, matter how we live so so be careful if you've not heard anything else hear this in this nutshell here I do not believe that we are saved because we endure although that is a sign of it I believe that we endure because we are saved does that make sense so bless you as you endure Bless you as you prove your salvation. Bless you as you are eternally secure. Bless you as you walk in the light every moment of every day and never contemplate turning away because we're in this for the race, aren't we? Let's pray together. Father, it is my prayer that all of us know you and that all of us are secure in our faith and in knowing you. And then on top of that, that we are all growing in our faith, no matter how new to it we are or no matter how long we have known you. Father, help us to be careful. Help us to approach you with fear, not complacency. Help us to live a life worthy of our calling. Help us to search your word and to know the truth as we hear from you. Father, thank you for the saints that have taught me and have encouraged me, and that are before me today, Father, we ask your blessing on all of us. We thank you for your love, in Jesus' name.